Hello, and welcome to a new style of Real Beast mini-episode called The Beast of the Week. My name is Woo-hoo. Ben. My name's David. Welcome, everyone, to our special presentation of Beasts of the Week. Um, this is going to go quickly. This is going to be a short episode. We're just going to be speaking about a specific dinosaur here today. Um, the way this is going to go down, dear listeners, is we're going to talk about who is it, what is it, We're going to talk about where is it, when was it, and finally we'll finish off with a little bit of how does it. So excellent. Ben, what is today's beast or this week's beast? Yeah, this week's beast was selected by you, the listener, (gasps) at least a few of you, because in my attempt to (laughs) be more engaging on social media with real beast related things which is always a funny feeling venturing into territory that I'm not as comfortable in, but I put a poll with all of its technological complexity on Instagram (laughs) stories. And I said, what is your favorite Hell Creek dinosaur? After we had our field beast episode last week about the Hell Creek formation and all the Mm -hmm. dinosaurs you might find there, I could only put four options, but I chose some of the, you know, relatively bigger, more famous dinosaurs that, Maybe you could choose from, but unexpectedly, Ankylosaurus won out over T Rex. Hell yeah! Which means our our listeners are a little bit like uh, hipsters or something. Like they're yeah, they're looking for hipsters. the dinosaur that's less mainstream. I love it. So okay, so Ankylosaurus. Now we'll begin with the who is it? What is it? What and who is Ankylosaurus? Is it a a dinosaur? Is it a group of dinosaurs? What's going on here, Ben? So Ankylosaurus is a genus of a very special armored dinosaur that lived in the same areas that we talked about my field work last week. And we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a second. But it was first discovered in or named in 1908 by Barnum Brown. Cool. And it is known from only one species, Ankylosaurus magnaventris, which means great belly. So the whole name together means fused lizard with great belly. (laughs) So it's a thick guy. Yes. (laughs) Definitely. It was described, well, maybe not Ankylosaurus, but one of its relatives, at least, in this great book of paleo art by a scientist and artist named Mark Witten as fantastically wide. <laughs> what a great description. So, so this dinosaur, this is one of these big armored creatures, right? Yes. Is it like like how does it how does it operate? What does it look like? So this is a squat low to the ground armored dinosaur covered in osteoderms, so bony skin, basically, or bone layers that grow over the rest of its skeleton along its skin. So osteoderms kind of mean skin bone, and it's kind of like what you might see in a modern-day crocodile, all those little plates Mm. of bone along its back, but it's taken to the extreme in Ankylosaurus and in its relatives. So there is a larger group called Ankylosauria, which is known for many, many different types of armored dinosaur. And they are really noteworthy because they have this extensive pattern of osteoderms 
their heads are armor-plated, their eyelids are armor-plated, their backs are armor-plated, and they have a very, very special feature, which is that they have osteoderms that are enlarged and modified at the end of the tail to make a club. So cool. Join the so club. These things... <laughs> yeah, these are uh, club members. Uh, so these things, it sounds kind of like you're describing what... W- in a modern way would be a turtle, but you didn't describe them or you didn't say they're like a turtle. They're more like a crocodile. So the, the bones or the, would you call them osteoderms on their back? Mm-hmm. It's not like a fused piece. Like we'd see on a turtle. It's more like little pieces spread over its back, but many, many to create that kind of armor. Is that what we should be thinking about? Or yeah. Imagining? That's, that's a lot closer to it. It's like being covered in lots of armor plates, rather than like one massive shield that's all together. But there is okay. a kind of a, even turtle bones are connected and fused between several bones, but it's a little bit more continuous and it comes from a different source because the shell of a turtle on its back is made out of ribs that have expanded, moved upward and fused. And so it's essentially created from its internal skeleton, its rib cage. And then along the turtle's belly or chest, their plastron, which is their shell along that lower part of their body, is mm-hmm. made of like their sternum bones and other bones along that part of their body that have been fused also into this big armor plating or this big shield. Whereas wow. for Ankylosaurus, it just kind of had a regular skeleton. But mm-hmm. on top of that, were all of these plates of skin bone. So its ribs do not form part of this shield. Its ribs are kind of normal. Just on top of its body along its back is an extensive amount of armored plating. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's so cool. All right, so now where do we find fossilized remains of Ankylosauria or Ankylosaurus? Ankylosaurus is the genus and there's only one species there. That's and right. And Ankylosauria yeah. is the larger group of its relatives. Yeah. So there are several larger groups that it's included in, but Ankylosaurus itself is found in Montana, in the Hell Creek Formation, in the same place that we discussed last week. And of course, we will get to beasts of the week that are from very different places that lived at very different times. But for mm-hmm. now, this is one of the Hell Creek dinosaurs. And that's why it was found in the same sorts of expeditions as things like Triceratops and T-Rex in the Mm -hmm. early 1900s when the American Museum of Natural History was going out there to try to find all these new things. And it forms basically another celebrity member of this very, very well-known group of dinosaurs that lived right there in Montana at the very end of the Age of Dinosaurs. Okay, so that... so so. This kind of lived not just in the same areas as some of those big famous dinosaurs, T-Rex, Triceratops, but it also lived at the same time as those other dinosaurs as well? Yep, same place, same time. Interesting. So then when we're talking about that armor plating and that big club on its tail, how? why did it have that? I mean, if it lived at the same time and place as T-Rex, was, was it evolved to protect itself from predators like t-rex probably so there is a chance that some of that protection may have been for competition or combat within its own species but this sort of protection 
is quite widespread throughout Ankylosaurus's relatives. And because they didn't have any other outstanding physical attributes to escape predators, they would have been low to the ground, with pretty short legs, not very fast. It is a large dinosaur, but it's not the largest. So they were 20 mm -hmm. to 25 feet long. They would have been quite heavy because they're very squat. And that right. affords built you some like protection. Tank, yeah, built like a tank. Uh -huh. So, you know, if you encountered a raptor-like dinosaur, its mass might have been relatively protective when it was an adult. But if you encounter a T-Rex, mm -hmm. maybe not so much. So instead of mm -hmm. running away or having horns or whatever it may be. Instead, it had this armored coating along its body. It had that club tail. It was pretty low to the ground animal. And our best interpretation is that this was probably defensive adaptations. Mm -hmm. Now, with a club tail, one would imagine that it used that club to defend itself. Do we have any fossilized evidence that it actually did do that? Or is it just kind of an assumption we make because oh, we see the club tail, we see the armor, it must have then been using this to defend itself? Yeah. As far as I know, there's not been direct evidence that a particular theropod dinosaur like T-Rex has been clubbed by Ankylosaurus, mm -hmm. but it is... No, like, crushed bones or something like that that we'd see? Yeah, not that I know of. We have found injuries in Tyrannosaurus for sure, but something that is sort of smoking gun that came from Ankylosaur Club Tail, right. I don't believe yet has been found. But there have been sort of physical modeling and estimations about how powerful this would have been. And it seems to be that the force would have been enough to crack the leg bones or the ankle bones or foot bones of a large theropod dinosaur. So this is a so strong, cool. formidable animal. And honestly, even if it just swung that around because it looked freaking scary... <laughs> that might have been enough to deter predators, yeah. too, because this is an animal that's got bones everywhere along the top of its body, even its eyes, mm -hmm. and then it's got a club tail it's swinging around. And there's even potential that they would have used their clubs or other parts of their armor for yeah, combat within their species, or maybe mm. both. It's sometimes tough to pin a single function on features like these, and oftentimes there was no one single function. They might have right. been useful for a couple different things, but it's quite plausible that they would have been able to break bones of attacking theropods using these clubs. That makes sense. And it makes sense that it might have had multiple uses. I mean, animals today with, um, you know, body parts or attributes that look like they would be defensive in nature, like for example, like a deer's antlers, yeah, it can be used for defense, but also the ladies are looking for those big antlers, you know? And so it's both yeah. a mating thing and a defense thing. So do you think, or could we postulate that the biggest clubs on the tails of the biggest Ankylosaurus were maybe the the most sought after mates? It's possible. I can't rule it out, but I also can't really rule it in. We don't have enough mm. individuals. And when those, what we'd like to see to know that would be, have lots of individuals, and you'd like to see sexual dimorphism. Basically, about half of the population with larger clubs, about half with smaller clubs, and that would help indicate to us that there might have been a difference between males and females. Mm. And that's kind of what you need in fossils to argue that there's a sexual selection reason for having a feature. 
It doesn't mean that it couldn't have been mutual. There are some mm-hmm. animals today in which both males and females have similar attractive features, but typically there's a difference that's being selected for. And mm-hmm. without seeing that difference in the fossil record, it's very difficult to make that argument. So yes, it's possible. And it might've been a sign of good health, etc. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't think we have enough evidence to suggest that right now. Very interesting. So this was a was, this type of dinosaur was a herbivore, right? Do we know exactly what kind of ecosystems it may have lived in at the time? Yeah. What it may so, have been eating? Yeah, yeah, totally. So they would have been living along this central, or actually a lot of North America during a time in which the shallow seaway that went through the middle of the what is now the United States and Canada would have been drying up just a little bit. But anyway, it would have been a landscape largely dominated by angiosperms, so flowering plants. There would have been a lot of ferns there as well, and there also may have been some things like conifers. But it was mm. a, a fairly more recognizable group of plants than we see in older parts of the age of dinosaurs because by this point, flowering plants have taken over and it would have been browsing from these plants that were pretty low to the ground. It didn't have a long Mm -hmm. neck. It wasn't particularly tall. So it would have been browsing, eating a lot of that material that was growing around its head height. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I think Dr. Alan Grant in the original Jurassic Park describes a triceratops like it's a big cow or something like that. Could we think of an ankylosaur as something like that? Just kind of plodding along not fast, but sort of grazing across the plains of the Cretaceous North American continent. Yeah. I mean, there's sort of a lot of cattle slash cow-esque comparisons that have been made to these plant-eating mm. dinosaurs. One potential difference is that I don't believe we have found many of them together so far. Oh. Again, it doesn't so they may mean have that they solitary couldn't have potentially? lived together, but they may have been more solitary. Oh, interesting. So, Yeah, and because they're eating so much food, they could have, you know, engineered their landscape a little bit by breaking through and kind of crushing a lot of material the way that perhaps elephants do. Mm. But it does not appear yet that maybe they lived in big enough groups to kind of really influence that shape of that landscape, like maybe a bunch of triceratops or a bunch of duckbill dinosaurs may have done. Mm-hmm. And again, it's difficult to prove herd behaviors with those animals too, but there have been more collections of them that at least suggests that as a higher possibility. Fascinating. Now, I, I didn't warn you of this question. I just thought of it now. Do, we, <laughs> do you know uh, how many specimens of Ankylosaurus have been found? Because it sounds like we found a few, but maybe not enough to really gain um, more evidence about how these things operated and behaved. Yeah. So of the type specimen or of the type species, this Ankylosaurus mm-hmm. magnaventris, I don't think there have been that many specimens, only a handful. And there's uh-huh. only one tail club that has been found. Only one. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so, so it really may be only on males or even only on females that had the clubs. We are not sure because we've only found the one. It's possible, but because we've found more material from its ancestors and relatives and they all have clubs, as far as I know, Mm. I don't think that's particularly likely. I think that was a feature that males and females probably shared. 
And they did have cool. some relatives called the Notosaurs, which were highly armored, similar dinosaurs that did not have tail clubs. So oh, there was kind of um, some variation between these groups, and it does seem like the ankylosaurs, broadly speaking, all had tail clubs, as far as I know, in the specimens that have preserved them. Uh-huh. Oh, very cool. Wow. Now, I, I know that you have a, a personal story to share with uh, some experience with ankylosaurus. Could you tell us what, yeah. what your experience is? Yeah, and it this was a... A time I was in a different part of Montana than the Hell Creek. I was in the mm -hmm. Judith River Formation during was this my on another years. Fossil dig there. It was on another. It was actually my walking? first one. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. my, my first fossil dig, and we weren't really looking for big dinosaur material. We were looking for mm -hmm. small collections of bones, those microfossil bone beds that I mentioned briefly in the last episode. Mm -hmm. But at the kind of edge of one of those sites we were sampling, I picked up this really weird looking bone. And I was like, what the heck is this? It had this bizarre, almost woven pattern to it. And I thought oh. that this must have been bone that had undergone some sort of disease at first. And then I looked at it a little bit more oh. and I was like, you know what? I think this is an ankylosaur club, at least part of one. <gasps> I brought this to my team of people and they're like nah because nobody finds those right it's like not a thing people find <laughs> and then i collected it anyway and i brought it back to the lab and i had uh -huh. my little pet hypothesis that this was an ankylosaur club but i kind of forgot about it for a long time uh -huh. i put it in the drawer and then i ended up looking up detailed images of ankylosaur club bone growth in scientific papers and i was like god damn it I think this is a piece of ankylosaur club. Um, but in this case, it wouldn't have been ankylosaurus because this uh, formation that I was in was about 10 million years older than the Hell Creek. Oh, okay. And so it was another, it was ankylosauria, but not necessarily ankylosaurus. And it species. wasn't just ankylosauria. This was ankylosauridae. This is like its family. So even closer. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a little confusing. Maybe at some point I'll do a walkthrough of these different classifications. Trust me, it's confusing Ooh. even to paleontologists because there's no exact <laughs> threshold all the time that's consistent. Anyway, right. but this was perhaps a dinosaur called Euoplocephalus, which is technically only known from Canada. But this formation Ooh. that we are in is was essentially a North American extension of some of this formation in Canada in which it's been found. So mm -hmm. it was a very similar animal to that, a little bit smaller than Ankylosaurus, but very, very similar. And I really think that that's what I found, which is pretty sweet. So that's my is, little an Ankylosaur anecdote. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there any way to like for sure prove that it's what you found? Would you we need someone who studies ankylosauridae clubs specifically to be like yep confirmed this is it or do most things just are like oh they're pretty sure this is it and if no one negates that it'll stand <laughs> yeah so i think that if we were to take a closer look at the structures of the bone with a microscope or even take a thin mm -hmm. section of the bone that would help clear it up there are certainly paleontologists who could do that we were a little bit, maybe it's the undergrad situation, but we're like a little bit cavalier with this specimen because everyone said, mm -hmm. nah, no, nah, this is something else. It's like a bone with a diseased bone or something. So I actually took it to our like undergrad dinosaurs class and like let everybody hold it and move it around before I realized maybe what it was. 
and it mm. actually cracked during that time. Oh no! Like, anyway, <laughs> so I think I hope that it's still in the lab at my undergrad uni- uh, college. But yeah, in the end, certainly possible to figure it out. But will I actually revisit that particular specimen? Probably not. But if it is that. That's actually quite an unusual find. It's quite rare. And mm-hmm. I wish I would have known while I was there on the site for sure, because it probably means there was a dead ankylosaur over there. Wow. Because they wouldn't drop their clubs. <laughs> um, it's oh, not right. like losing not a shedding tooth. shedding these things? <laughs> no, it's not like using, losing a tooth. So um, <laughs> that would have been nice to know because perhaps we would have, we, we might have just walked right by where, where a skeleton was, which is too bad. Wow. But yeah, amazing. so amazing armor-plated dinosaurs. They're often seen in films being flipped over onto their bellies. Right. In Jurassic that, World, we see that. Yes, we see Indominus Rex flip one over. It's definitely its most vulnerable part, but really achieving that would have been pretty challenging, I think, yeah. for How heavy do you dinosaur. think these things were? Yeah, it's difficult to estimate exactly because a lack of specimens... Mm-hmm. difficulty calculating exactly what the volume of its body would have been but it would mm. have weighed we think more than a bull elephant so over five tons maybe up to wow. eight or even nine tons and for an animal that's a lot shorter than t-rex maybe 25 feet long about you know two-thirds the length of t-rex mm-hmm. that's really heavy yeah. so this would have been a tank like low to the ground plant-eating browser who would lope around minding its own business and perhaps use its armor and its tail club to defend itself from predators or maybe from other dinosaurs of its own species for showing off every now and again. Mm -hmm. But an amazing part of this ecosystem and providing some really neat variety because we have our duck-billed dinosaurs that have no armoring, but they Mm -hmm. would have been a bit more nimble. We have Triceratops that's got these magnificent horns and it's got a frill but then the rest of its body is pretty exposed. And then we have Ankylosaurus, who sort of quadrupled down. <laughs> Everything is armored except for its belly. Yeah, it's, a, it's got a very high defense budget. Yes, high defense dino. budget. It had, a, it, had armored, it had an armored neck. It had armored head to the extreme, armored eyes. Unreal. <laughs> Armor all along its back. So this would have been a formidable dinosaur. So cool. And an excellent choice by our listeners Yes, for the very first Beast of the Week. Ben, 100%. is there any last thoughts that you'd like to leave us with the Ankylosaura? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Just aside from one thing that's kind of neat, I'm sure we'll get to this other Beast of the Week later, but Ankylosaurus and all of its relatives are part of a larger group called Thyreophora, that includes Stegosaurus. So all oh. of these armored dinosaurs, like the dinosaurs with plating on their backs and spike tails, like Stegosaurus and its relatives, mm-hmm. actually share a common ancestor with the Ankylosaurs in the Jurassic huh. period. So these armored dinosaurs are actually related to one another, which is kind of neat. Wow. And of course, Stegosaurus. they're not, not close cousins, Sorry. but distant cousins. Uh-huh. And Stegosaurus came much earlier than Ankylosaurus, right? That's right. It's a yeah. Jurassic period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of the Very older cool. relatives of Ankylosaurus would have had their origins around that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating. 
Nice choice, listeners. Yeah, thanks good for work, picking everybody. Ankylosaurus. That's a good one. I, this is a, 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 for me personally, one that I've always really liked. I think I've announced on Real Beasts in the past that I officially decided that Stegosaurus, I think, is my favorite dinosaur. Um, of course, the carnivores are always great, but Stegosaurus has got, there's something unique about Stegos that I love. And so, <laughs> Ankylosaurs, their cousins, pretty cool, pretty sweet. First Real Beast, or first piece of the week for Real Beasts. Yes. First piece of the week. And we managed to keep it short. Look at us. Relatively. <laughs> Should we stall for like 45 more minutes? Yeah, we. I mean, we got to keep the listeners um, giving them what they expect, right? Yeah, that's right. Nah, just kidding. too long. <laughs> that's all we got. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us, folks. Peace. Bye. And cut.